Hi, everybody. I have some exciting news. I am launching a Substack. I know. I keep telling you how I'm not a writer, and I'm still not a writer, but I am going to be writing about reading over on Substack. The Substack is called Unstacked, and you can find it at tracythomas.substack.com. There will be free options every Friday. There'll be a bunch of weekly roundups, announcements, all the shit I'm into. And then if you want to upgrade yourself to the paid subscription, I'm going to have author interviews, bonus episodes, anticipated reads, book pairings, community chats, all sorts of stuff. So, If that sounds like something you'd be into, go to tracythomas.substack.com and join Unstacked. And of course, I've got a special offer for you. If you go to tracythomas.substack.com slash the stacks 10, you get 10% off your first year membership of Unstacked. You have from now until April 4th to redeem. Again, that's tracythomas.substack.com slash the stacks 10 for 10% off Unstacked. Okay, that's enough. Let's listen to this episode. Welcome to The Stacks, a podcast about books and the people who read them. I'm your host, Tracy Thomas, and today we have a very special and slightly off-brand episode. We're talking with Jenna Paris. Jenna is one of the co-hosts of the Mama Said podcast, and we're talking all things babies motherhood, and my anxiety around becoming a brand new mother. So this episode, a little bit less bookish, a little bit more mommy. I hope that you enjoy. And before we get there, just a little bit of housekeeping we need to take care of. All right, here it is, your weekly reminder. Everything we talk about on today's episode can be found in the show notes. There is a link there that will take you to all the books discussed today, as well as the social media accounts for the stacks and our guests. Plus, if you shop through the links on Amazon, you're helping to keep the stacks free. If you're looking for an amazing book recommendation, send us an email to askingthestacks at gmail.com. Myself and my guest will read it on air, discuss it, and then give you a personalized book recommendation or five. So email askingthestacks at gmail.com with your name, what you're looking for, and maybe a few titles you've loved or hated. If you like the stacks and want to support the work we're doing, here are a few easy ways you can help. First of all, join us over on Patreon. That's a website where you support the work we're doing and earn perks for yourself. We've got a virtual book club, we got inside access to the show, and we have an amazing community of other readers who love the podcast. So head over to patreon.com slash the stacks to join in. The last thing you can do to help the show is definitely the easiest. Subscribe to the stacks wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a rating and a review and tell your your friends and family about the show. It goes a really long way to helping us reach new audiences. All right, you guys, here it is, my episode with Jenna Paris discussing all things motherhood. Okay, you guys, I'm so excited. I'm here today with Jenna Paris, who is one of the co-hosts of the Mama Said podcast. Jenna, welcome to the stack. Hi, you're so cute. I'm so excited to you're have you. You're doing a little you. jig. I'm doing a jig. So I guess this we should say this now. In case you guys missed the news, when you're listening to this episode, you will know that I have had two little identical baby boys. Congrats! Which is exciting. Woo-hoo. Me talking about it now in November Isn't feels a little weird? scary. <laughs> it's yeah. okay. Because we're pre-recording so that I can have a little like mommy maternity leave. Thanks for, you know, having me on for this. Well, I needed a I needed a seasoned mother. I needed someone who knows how to talk about being a mom. I needed you to talk me off the ledge because I'm terrified. Okay. Okay. So we're let's we're start talking with to you. you. Okay. We're gonna just start give us a little bit of background on you. 
what you did maybe before you were a mom, where you maybe sure. grew up, like a little bit about Jenna before we just like only talk about your relationship. Pre-mommy. Mom. Okay. I actually grew up in Los Angeles, really wow. close to where we're recording right here. Um, true LA, like Chevy at Hills. I wow. mean, West LA, like the OG LA. Um, and I, um, gosh, I, I wanted kids my whole life, but we'll get to there. Um, get to that statement later. Um, I went to University of Arizona and then I, you know, stopped going there and went to Musicians Institute because I'm a singer and I wanted to pursue that. Um, after I decided that I am so obsessed with singing, but it's not my dream to, you know, be on stage 24 seven and, and I don't really need that record deal deal. I just love, love singing. I decided, okay, I'm not going to pursue being famous, a famous singer or whatnot, um, but I am going to move to New York. And so I picked up and moved to New York and I had the best five years of my life there. Um, I, I am so obsessed with the energy and the buzz that's in New York. And it just, oh my God, I still to this day, when I step off the plane in New York, I feel like my life is just amazing. And it just, it really was, it was like, it was, it was my college experience. You know, I went to U of A for a couple of years, but this truly was the best experience of my life. I swear. I, I always tell my husband, I'm like, we are making our children live in New York for a few years, just like as a rite of passage, like you have to, it, it, it makes you stronger. You're singing my my language or whatever. Really? I went, to, I went to NYU. And so I was in New York for eight oh. years and I always just talk about New York. Like oh. I, and everyone's like, but you're from LA. Like you have sunshine all the time. Like you don't understand. Mm-hmm. I love seasons. I am not used to seasons. When it snowed in New York, everyone was complaining. And I was just like looking out the window, like a little <laughs> puppy dog, like, oh my God, it's so beautiful. And I still feel that way. Oh. I would move to New York now. Um, my husband works for Google and I'm always like, if you ever need to, you know, pack up and go to New York for a year, I'm down. Anyway, so lived in New York, um, had the best time of my life in New York, you know, you know what I mean? Um, partied, 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 but worked, worked, worked. Um, I was in fashion first and I still love fashion. I was doing sales. Um, my, my first job in New York was at the corporate office, um, in NYC for free people. Oh my so I still talk to my boss to this day. She taught me so much. Um, and then I ended up moving to a marketing company and kind of did marketing after, since then. And until I got, you know, I had my first child, but, um, I met my husband at Coachella about three story. weeks before I was moving home from New York. So, <laughs> oh, really? and was yes. he in LA? He was in LA. He's okay. from Philadelphia. He, Moved to Los Angeles uh, at right after he graduated from Penn. He got into a graduate program at USC. Okay. Um, he's super smart, super uh, just such a go-getter and wanted to, you know, get his uh, master's in. He did the US, USC film school. I okay. think that's it. And he stayed here ever since. And he, you know, he's a true LA guy now. So, yes, we met at Coachella um, where, you know... You go to find true love. Yeah. Obviously. I mean, well, do you watch The Bachelor? No. Oh, well, I'm really all, embarrassed to say I they don't. They all find true love at Stagecoach, which is like the next well, Oh, my God. I'm going to Stagecoach <laughs> this year for the first – Well, don't in bring 2020. your husband. You might meet someone from The Honey, Bachelor. I'm, <laughs> I know, right? I'm going for a, um, a Bachelorette party. 
Oh. So we're like, we're just going to have gonna fun. It's going to be a turn up situation. Don't worry, honey. I won't find another man. <laughs> I don't think. I, mean, well, um, I don't know if Tyler C is supposed to be there this year. And he oh, was like the my God. from last season. I'm going to start watching The Bachelor. Jamie, my co-host, is so obsessed I love it. with reality TV. And she talks about it. So I'm always like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I really need to catch up. I don't watch any other reality TV pretty much except for The Bachelor or Bachelorette franchise. But I watch it and I care deeply and I oh know my a lot God. and I pay a lot of attention. You should do another podcast about it. Well, I do listen to a Bachelor podcast. I'm sure. And I love it. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Okay. I promise like that's my homework for 2020. I'm going to start watching The Bachelor. Yeah. Wait, when does it come on? Um, well, Peter is the pilot and he got in some sort of an accident or injury. And so they had to stop filming. So it might be a little late, but it's usually like the first week of January is when the Bachelor starts. Yeah. New Year's resolution. It's okay. usually like January 7th or whatever that okay. first like Monday is. Great. Um, I will be probably at, oh. at the hospital. That's like, I'm scheduled to deliver on January 4th, which is a Saturday. Oh so I will be just casually watch eating ice chips and watching Peter and hopefully someone else will be oh watching God. my Maybe children. Maybe you'll get like name um, ideas from the Bachelorette okay, that's people. that's a good idea because we're <gasps> stuck. We have one name, but I won't say what it is, but our, the other name. Okay. Well, why don't you go Google bachelor, yeah. <laughs> bachelor names? Well, I mean, I know all of the contestants. <laughs> but you need to like, you know. <laughs> just refresh. Just refresh. The thing is that it's a lot of Dylan, which is like a lovely name, but that's also my nephew's name. So yeah, that's my out. brother's name. And, like a lot of the names are like played out to us now because they're all 20 right. somethings. I have a list in my phone okay. of about 150 names. Great. I will send let's, to you. Let's have this okay. talk. All right. Okay. So you meet your husband. <laughs> yes. When, and you guys got pregnant pretty much right away. Three months. After getting I think married. three, three and a half months after our, our wedding. Yeah. And you knew you wanted to get pregnant right away or were you kind of thinking, um, like, we'll see what happens? And then you were like surprised. It was kind of like, you know, I went off the pill right before our wedding. I had been on it for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I was just like, let's see what happens. Like it could take me a year to get pregnant. It could take us two. It could take me two days. I don't right. know. Yeah. It, it took us like no time at all. We were very, very lucky. Got pregnant on our first try. Wow. Um, and I, I always say this to people like I'm, we are just lucky. That's the bottom line because I know how hard it is to get pregnant. Yeah. And, um, I just thank my lucky stars. Yeah, so. totally. I mean, we had a similar story. I was on birth control forever and ever. And I was like, well, let me get off birth control because I'd always had it in a regular period. Oh, so really? I was diagnosed with PCOS, which oftentimes means you can't get pregnant. Oh. So I said to my husband, let me just get off the pill and we'll just see what happens. I had one period. One. Come on. And I was like, well, first of all, wait, my doctor's an idiot. This is not my doctor. Anyone's a doctor a while ago. Yeah, yeah. In New York. No, yeah, don't I worry, Dr. New York. Okay. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're L- Dr. LA, don't yeah, worry. This is not about you. Yeah. But it was like, and I, of course, it was twins. And I now, so I call my girlfriends, don't don't think that you're not going to be able to get pregnant because yeah. you might end up with twins. Do you have twins later. in your family? No. My grandma's an identical twin. So I guess but identical twi- twins don't run yes, in the family anyway. So we don't have twins in the family. We don't, I don't know. My husband's step grandfather was an identical twin, but there's no blood. No. There. Yeah. Um, I know like this is your podcast, but I need to ask you, Go ahead. what was your reaction when the doctor said there are two of them in there? Okay. So my very close friends and my mother who are listening will know this. 
I always used to say I really wanted twins. Mm. Always. Oops. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Truly, I am paying for this now because my anxiety is through the roof about twins. But I, and so you willed it. I like to say that I manifested my babies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I feel like that's a little bit taking like <laughs> the universe into your own hands, but we'll see. I might be trying to unmanifest some things. <laughs> no. Oh my God. That's but, so-, so I was like kind of excited and then I was terrified. Yeah, of course. Because then I was like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. <laughs> and now that I'm, so while we're recording this, I'm 30 weeks okay. right now, 30 and a half. And I went to the doctor this week for my visits. I have to go every two weeks because twins, whatever. Yeah. And I said to my doctor, I go, I'm having a little bit of like, how do these babies get out anxiety? And he's like, he's, are you having a C? I don't, I don't know. So okay. So to. your doctor will allow you to yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe do vaginal. both head down, oh, I can okay. try for vaginal. Okay. But he's like, well, what do you want? And I was like, no, 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 not actually how they get out. I'm very versed in that. But the idea of like every day that they get bigger inside me means that that thing has to come out either through an incision in my stomach or through my vagina. Yeah. And so like that's now where I am that I'm like, at first I was like, oh, I'm so excited, twins. And now I'm like twice. And sometimes with twins, you can have one vaginal and then the other one won't come out and you still have to have a C-section. Sounds like a nightmare. I would just let it go. I would just... (laughs) Stop thinking about it. Yeah. I honestly let it go. That's very good advice. It's that, hard. It, it's so hard. It's so but, hard. But birth, whether it's C-section or vaginal, is the most insanely amazing experience you will ever have in your entire life. So don't have anxiety about it because it's going to be the most epic thing ever. Okay. Well, I'll report back. <laughs> Seriously. So you should, if it's really a point of anxiety, you should like say a mantra every morning, you know, about it because it, it will, we'll, we'll get into that later, but you, you're, you want to go into it just thinking it's going to be like the best experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes, I have a girlfriend who just gave birth a few weeks ago and she was, she was like very no drugs, no nothing like that whole yeah. thing, which yeah, good for her. Yeah. C- could never be me, but it could be, I hope it doesn't have to be. Happened to me with Daisy. Oh, my with second. second. Yeah. I've heard about this happening yeah. in a second. She she came out too fast. Too fast. Yeah. yeah. So so my girlfriend, she was like, and I just practiced all my mantras before. And like, so when I got in there, I was just saying like, every contraction is like bringing my baby closer oh, to I me. mean, give me She's a She's like full yeah. mantra mom. Did it work? She did it. She was like, I gave birth on all fours. Like, Oh my God. Tada. She was like. I wanted the epidural. The epidural actually went into my spine, <laughs> except too- right when he put the needle in, she fell out no. of me. So it didn't kick in until, well, it was quick. until they were sewing me up, which was kind of nice. Which is nice. Yeah. So I should also tell you this. I think most of my listeners know, but my husband is an OBGYN. <gasps> really? Do I know him? Um, no. Oh my God. I won't say where he works, but okay. um, That's so, we'll talk about it later. We'll talk, we'll talk about that more. That's but, so fun to have. Or just kidding. You, it's a mix. Okay. We'll talk about it. Okay. Let's keep talking about you. We'll talk about it. I are like already so off track. Um, obviously people listening, this is nominally a show about books, but this is too exciting. We're talking about babies. This I'm having like a baby. This is like a special app. This is a special app. Yeah. I feel like this is a special yeah. episode. Plus, cause I know you nosy people at home want to know. You're going to be like, wait, she had babies. What's going on? Exactly. So this is your backstory since I've been keeping this from you guys. Um, okay. So you and Jamie Lynn meet through Instagram. Okay. Essentially. So kind, kind of, of. Blah, blah, not really. Your husband knows her. 
Yes. So it is so weird. Okay. So first of all, met my husband, got married, had babies, whatever. It is so weird that I did not know my husband before I met him because turns out all of our friends... (laughs) Our mutual friends. That's amazing. It is our, you know, paths didn't cross, but it was perfect because, you know, the timing was right. But anyway, like when I met him and went out to, you know, parties with him and he was like, these are my friends. I was like, no, actually, I've known them longer than you. These are my friends from growing up in LA. And it was, anyway, kind of a similar story with Jamie. So, um, all of my friends knew Jamie. I had known of her because a lot of my friends were best friends with her. My husband knew her. And I once met her at a party. And I went up to her. I was like, oh my God, you know, you're Jamie. I'm Jenna. I'm Neil's wife. It's just so nice to finally meet you. We became Instagram friends after that moment. A couple of years went, went by and, you know, I don't even know if we had kids. Maybe we had one at that point. I don't know. But when I saw or when she saw, I don't even remember on Instagram that we were both pregnant with our seconds at the same time. That's when we started DMing mm. each other. Okay. And we were just like, Firing. Like we were like, it was like we were dating for the first time. <laughs> um, and we got really honest with each other. I felt so comfortable with her. Um, she was so easy to talk to, no judgment. Um, you know, we both were just super, super honest. And we were like, we have really funny material. We were looking back at our text chain and it, it went from DM to like then right. text messages. And we're literally dating here. And um, <laughs> we I was like, we have a really funny material. We should print this at, on a coffee table book, our actual text bubbles. It's oh my so God. funny. Like the, the, I'm like, pat, you know, I'm showing her pictures of my son's poop and like blah, blah, blah. And it's just like disgusting, but mom shit, you know, right. no pun intended. And she was like, no, I think we should do a podcast. So we thought about it for a long time and we, we really did our due diligence and we thought about this podcast and we were like, we could help a lot of moms. Like we helped each other so much through, through our whole pregnancy. And then now through raising our second with the first, like we know that other moms need this too. We know. Well, how could they not? I can say that I have been really grateful for your podcast. Thank you. Though I've had to skip a lot of episodes because they were freaking me out. Honestly, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. You can circle back. Yeah. The beauty is it's by topic. You don't have to listen in order. Exactly. So like the one that was like, what do you wish that you knew before you became a mom? That one I find helpful because I still can make some changes or can still plan for things. But some of the other ones, like the grief one, I was like, I'm going to skip this one. That is too much with all my hormones. I would (laughs) like literally not speak to you again if you listen to that episode while you're pregnant. Yeah. I was like some Um, of these, Yeah, like the one about like, um, like fertility issues. I, that's really hard for me because I feel like because it was so easy for us to get pregnant and I know how lucky we are, it's hard for me to hear other people's fertility stories yes. just right now. Yes. And normally, especially with what my husband does, I know how hard it is for people to get pregnant. And yeah. I'm usually like such an advocate of like tell your story and talk about yeah. it. But for me right now, yeah. you it. have all these different emotions yeah. right now. You have two babies living inside of you, yeah. which is like giving you, oh my God, emotions that you probably won't have once they, right, exactly. you know, it's just, it's so, yeah. It's so different. But that's, what's nice about the show. I'm glad you're smart about you it. You could, well, yeah, I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. Like I like look at the titles and I was like, I'm going to cry. Yeah. <laughs> just looking at them. Yeah. But it's nice about your podcast is that you're able to go through kind of topic by topic and pick and choose what works for you. And you guys bring guests on and sometimes yeah. you have daddies. And sometimes yes. We have a daddy on this week. Yeah. Our brothers. Yes. And you guys have like, you've done so much different stuff and you're both so super duper honest. And I feel like 
I never met you before, but when you got here, it's like, I feel like I know you because I heard you talk about your life and your, and your excitements and your fears and your good mom moments and your bad mom moments and all of that sort of stuff. Do you feel though at all that you, Jenna, have become reduced to just being a mom (laughs) or do you feel like or not? No, I feel the opposite because of this podcast. I feel like I was, you know, well, first of all, I chose not to go back to work and that was totally my decision. So I was very happy just being a mom for those, you know, up until I had my podcast, I wasn't working at all. Um, so that was by choice. Um, and I honed in on being a mom and I was proud to wear that title and have that title of I'm a mom. That's it. I'm not working. wasn't ashamed. I, I didn't say, Oh my God, like I, I'm not going to work. And I was also not like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm just a stay at home mom, like sad. Like I have nothing going for me. Like I was just in it and I was happy about that. Right. And then when I started this podcast, I've, I was like, I finally have a job that I absolutely love. It happens so organically. So I will never be, you know, I will never, never feel like my title of mom is just like, like a, right, you know, like a title that I'm kind of well, ashamed. I meant that more like, do you feel like because your because your identity like publicly, like you weren't you weren't like a famous person like Jamie, right? Was an actress first, like people know. Oh, her. Do you oh, feel oh. Like your whole identity, like oh. Jenna Paris, hashtag mom, as opposed to other, like, like, as opposed to like famous singer or like, or just like Jamie, other, or just other things, daughter, no, wife, person who loves broccoli, like, whatever it is. No, oh my God, no, sorry, I totally misunderstood that. Um, no, no, that I'm, no, I feel like I'm secure enough to not care about that. That's so interesting. Cause I sometimes, I feel like sometimes with this podcast, that's all yeah. about books. Sometimes people think that all I do is like sit around and read. And right. I'm like, no, like I but, watch other things and yeah. I do sporting events and I have this whole other life. Yeah, no. So I was curious if that was because so much of that I public identity right. is wrapped up it's so f- in being a parent. It's so funny. Like when I think about myself, I just think about I have a podcast and I'm a mom. That's okay. like all I think about. I've never really <laughs> thought about people are just like, what does she do? She's a mom. And by the way, great. Yeah. That's awesome. I, yeah. I love that. Well, what a luxury. Yeah. Too. It's like such a nice thing to be able yeah. to be such a part of your children's lives. Yeah. That's what you want to do. Yes. And if it's not what I want to do, I'll, I'll do, something, do else. something else. Yeah. yeah totally. I'm like fully comfortable with, you know, them introducing like Jamie as an actress and Jenna as a mom. Um, it's, it, it's true. Okay. Yeah. I'm just curious. I freaking love it. Um, yeah. Do you feel like well, I'm going to ask you to kind of speak in general about the state of motherhood. Mm-hmm. What do you feel like you've learned or seen or understand now more from from going out, being becoming a public mom and getting feedback from your audience and other moms? Like, do you feel like there's something that you've learned or you could say about like the state of motherhood in 2019 or anything like that? Oh, I I wish moms weren't at, so judgy. Mm. And I'm not saying I've never judged. Yeah, we all judge. We all judge. I'm fully guilty of it. But with, um, I think right now in 2019 with Instagram, it's scary because moms are judgy in public. And I just feel like I wish I could go back to not, you know, having such a, a public shame for, for moms or for people in general. But Instagram right. is a scary place. I see on p- people I follow who are big, you know, names, um, people are not afraid to say what they want and shame moms on their, in their comments. 
And I don't care how famous you are. Like if you read that, it's going to hurt you. Um, I feel like it's a scary time to be, to be a mom in social media right now for so many reasons. Um, so I don't know. I just feel like the mommy shaming, keep it to yourself. You can do it all you want to yourself if you want, but it also, it just doesn't feel good in general because you know that someone else is shaming you. Right. For sure. Right. You know, so right. I just feel like it's, it's hard now. It's hard for moms to be honest. And I feel like there are definitely moms who listen to me on the podcast and Jamie and don't disagree and don't agree with us. Um, and you but, guys often don't agree with each other. Yeah, we have really different parenting styles. Um, she's a little bit more laid back and I'm a little bit more OCD about some things, but then she's really OCD about naps and schedules and, and you know, and I'm I'm not. It's just, it's so mm. different, but she, um, yeah, we're different. Yeah. We're totally different when it comes to like, you know, TV watching, when it comes to... Um, just everything. Right. We and should say your kids are, your kids are four, four and, and almost, almost two. two. Um, yeah. And I, I have so many friends who have different parenting styles and I love it. Yeah. I really just, it, it, they're my best friends. They're going to be in my life forever. I it is, it is what it is, you know? Right. Well, that's why their kids are their kids and your kids are your exactly. kids. Totally. Exactly. Exactly. Well, the shame and like the online, all of that, that's one of the reasons I didn't really talk about my pregnancy at all yeah. on social media. Too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. And I also just was, I'm, I'm nervous. I still feel like something could go wrong. And I think some of that has to do. Do you like believe in jinxing things? I, oh, I'm a huge sports fan. So of course yeah. I, I like yeah. all the jinxes, but also my husband, like I said, is an OB. And so one of the negative parts of that is that I have for, we've been together now for nine years. Oh wow! And so for the last nine years through medical school, through his residency, all of that, I have heard every single person I know, their birth story. Yeah. Their nightmare this, their nightmare that, their this that went wrong. Because yeah. nobody goes to him and is like, hey, Mr. Stacks, like this is great. This, yeah. this was my amazing delivery story. Yeah. Nothing went wrong and it was perfect. But it's I always heard, negative. Yeah. It's like, oh, I had uterine prolapse or I had like a late, late, you know, I had a stillborn baby or like things like that where I'm like, so now yeah. all of it is like flashing in my head at I all know, times. I, I know. Just, I know. Like, so when he comes home from work, I'm like, he's like, oh my God, do you want to hear the story? I'm like, is it OB or is it GYN? Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm all in on the GYN yes. stories. Hold the I, OB. I can't, unless the OB story is a woman came in with twins. They were both head down. She yes. pushed for five minutes and they came out perfect yeah. and everyone was happy and they were both six pounds each yeah. and like they went home that day. Yes. Otherwise, I don't need to hear it. I know. I know. And everyone's, you know, just I'm being honest, like everyone has like a birth story. My, both of my births, births were amazing, but it was still scary. Like there's still a lot, you know, obviously like you're married to an OBGYN, like, you know, that like shit will happen, but it's going to be okay. You know, like my son did go to the NICU. Right. I heard your story. Because yeah, but you know what? He was, you know, in there for two days and they took such good care of him and it was just precautionary. And so that's like my little story about how scary it was. Yeah, totally. You know, it's like shit happens. Yeah. Well, that was part of his story. Yes, it was. He had (laughs) shit all over him. Meconium. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons I was just like, I don't I can't have more stories. Yeah. Advice because I already have a million and one things in my head because of my husband. Yeah. 
which obviously like not his fault. He, no, of course. He picks his career before we even knew each other. How I, dare I, him? I told him How to dare him continue else. his career? Anyway. I'm like, why don't you go be like a pediatrician where yes. I can use you and you can be useful? Because yes. people are like, oh, he'll know everything. And he's like, I don't, I don't know anything about kids. He doesn't know yeah. anything about kids. Isn't that funny? His patient is the mom. He like brings them into the world and he's like, peace. Literally, yeah. as soon as the baby comes out of the mom, he's like, that's the pediatrician's job. You know what though? It's going to make him, I'm sure he's already an amazing doctor, but it's going to make him that much better he's, once he has he children. Has said it's made him better because I think one of the things that he didn't really think about that, is that yeah. a lot of the symptoms and the things that are uncomfortable that mm-hmm. his patients come in and complain about, he just sees them for 15 minutes or 30 minutes. Yeah. But coming home to me and I'm still complaining about the same thing, yeah. he's like, right. I didn't really think about how much it felt like how much it's actually a part of that woman's day all day because then I move on to the next person. Yes. And so I think that's really helped or like he had a patient, um, who was very early on in her pregnancy, maybe six or eight weeks, she was having a little bit of bleeding Mm -hmm. and she was coming in like every day because she was so stressed out and anxious. And he remembered me feeling very anxious in the beginning. And he was saying, to her, you know, like, I get it. Like, I really get it. Like, yeah, he didn't really get it before. Right. Instead of just being like, Oh my God, she's here again. Like he was like, God, it must be scary for her. He had to explain to her because, because she was so early, they had to do the transvaginal ultrasound. Oh yeah. And so one of the things that her, he wasn't her doctor, um, but he was covering that day or whatever. And her doctor had said like no intercourse because of the bleeding, just to be cautious. And he was like, Every time we have to do this transvaginal ultrasound, it's essentially the same as intercourse. And he yeah. had to like explain to her, yeah. I get it and it's really, really scary. Yeah. And I actually understand because I've been dealing with this yeah. and my family, but I I don't want you to come back because I don't want to have to do this to you again. Yeah. If you come back, I have to do it. Yes. Because that's what, you know, yes. so like I think things like that definitely has changed the way uh- Absolutely. And like that was also true when we were dating and me saying something to him about like a period and him being like, wait, what? And I'm like, wait, you're the doctor. I know. I know this thing about a tampon or whatever. I know. So, you know, it's it's an interesting field for for men, I think, because it used to always be men. And then there was a huge shift to women being OBs. Yeah. And now like having a husband who's an OB, it's like something. Is your OB a, a female or a male? So I, because they're twins, they're high risk. So I right. have to go to a high risk doctor and it's a man, but my OB who I normally see is a woman. Got it. Okay. But I've had men and women my whole Me, yeah, life. Yeah. I've had I, both. I like, I don't have, I like the, I like the person. So yeah. It doesn't really matter yeah. to me. Yeah. Me too. But, um, my husband's job keeps giving me a ton of anxiety, but I think once the babies come, that part will be different because I don't have a lot of mommy friends. So oh, I'll feel better. Okay. I'm like one of the first of my group of friends to be having babies. Okay. Well, now you have me and Jamie. So yeah, you can just call I'm and gonna, text I'm gonna all day long. I'm yes. Like, Newcomer. I'm not kidding. You can. I, lo- I love that. I love helping new moms. Yeah. I need you. Obviously. That's why we started the podcast. Yeah. But, totally. But yeah. Um, okay. This is good. This is a good segue. What is some (laughs) good mom advice that you've received? Like some of the best, if you had to pick like one or two pieces of the best mom advice, and then what is your go-to mom advice that you give people? Mm -hmm. Um, okay. Some of the best advice. Um, I think, I think early on when my son was just born, um, 
it was scary for me. I felt like, you know, you just feel like you're going to like drop your baby. You're going to like, you're, you're going to kill your baby for the first year. They're so fragile. They're so right. little. It's like, ah, someone, someone just said, you're not going to hurt your baby. You have this down. You are going to be a wonderful mom. Stop thinking that you're going to hurt the baby. You're holding it wrong. You're, you're feeding it incorrectly. You are doing such an amazing job. Just think about that and everything will be okay. Mm. Because they were like, you know, you are so lucky to be able to afford food for your child and to be able to breastfeed your child and clothe them. Think about people who don't have this and who are struggling so much in this world. And here you are and you're providing such an amazing life for your little child. Think about that. Think about how lucky you are, how lucky your child is and everything will be okay. That's so good. It really helped. That's so good. My, my mentor- It put it into perspective. Yeah. My mentor always says there are people with less financial, educational, and emotional resources than you, and they raise children every day. Okay. What is your go-to advice? My go-to advice. Um, oh my God. I don't, I don't feel like I have like go-to advice. Um, there's so many topics uh, that I could give advice for. Um, I think um, breastfeeding is one of the hardest things that a mom can do. And I think maybe my advice will stem from like this topic of breastfeeding. I breastfed my, both my children for one year each. Um, my advice to moms who are struggling, because I struggled the entire way through and I had a lot of milk. Um, I just always felt, and I don't know if you, like I talked about this on the podcast that I was like holding the baby wrong. And because my back and neck hurt so much, I was afraid that the baby's oh. neck and back were hurting because I was holding them funky. Right. My best advice is to never feel guilty if you have to stop breastfeeding. Do what's best for you mentally and physically. Okay. I didn't listen to myself and I powered through. 50% of me is really happy for powering through. I gave my baby something incredible, my breast milk. Um, you know, right. great, but also they would have been okay if I had stopped taking care of myself a little bit more and gave them formula. Yeah. Wow. And that's my best advice. Like, that's don't, good. don't worry. Like, no, you know, fed is best. Right. Um, I love breastfeeding. I love the milk. I, I, I mean, I love the, the milk. I love what it gives the baby. Right. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. If you can do it and it's easy for you, then do it. Um, but if it's not, who cares? Move on. Yeah, I definitely, that's how I'm entering this whole thing. Cause two, I just, I'm going to feel like a cow. I feel like with like something I'm, you will, boobs, I'm going to be like, but Ugh. you will. That's it's, yeah. it's not like, it's not even a question. Your boobs are going to be like out to here. I was just well, looking that at will be nicer because I'm very flat chested. Oh, honey. <laughs> Honey, first of all, you will never have these boobs again. Um, my my boobs were so good, and they're so not anymore. Oh my god, whatever. We'll see. I'll get surgery one day. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I can't even get a lift on my boobs. There's like nothing in there. My baby sucked the life out of my (laughs) boobs. So like now they're like, oh gosh. No one wants to hear this, but like whatever. And yeah. probably everyone wants to hear this. I feel like everyone wants to hear. Fine, they're like breasts. they're little pancakes, okay? <laughs> <laughs> they're little disgusting pancakes. Um. So anyway, boob job, yeah. yeah. Um. Advice, just yeah. Oh, 
really good piece of advice that I always say to people is there are too many cooks in the kitchen. Pick a couple friends that you really trust and ask them for advice. Don't ask everyone into, because a lot of people keep asking advice until they get, they the hear what they, they want to hear. And that is like, I used to do that and that is the worst. And I was like, shit, maybe I'm just like, not hearing what I want to hear because I'm wrong and I need to listen. So I, second kid, first of all, I knew so much more with with my second, but just really ask three or four people. Don't you think that that's probably good advice just in general about everything? Yes. Yes. Like boyfriends or girlfriends or job advice. You want to like pick someone who's really honest with you. That's like one friend and then pick someone who you know, knows a lot about research, like they've done the research. That's another friend and pick someone who's like gentle, uh, you know, but has good advice. Like there's, you know, you could pick like a couple different, I have a lot of my friends are very different in giving advice, but I, I I like their advice because I know that if I like ask one, she'll be gentle about it. And if I ask another one, she'll be very honest with me. Yeah. Um, I've never been one to put on Facebook. Like, I'm having this problem. Um, someone help me because I have anxiety. I would flip out. Someone's going to write, well, you got to go to the hospital. I'm going right. to be like, what? Right. You know? So I, I, I never on, I'm never that. that oh my God. Also, me. and another piece of advice is if there's something medical that is actually bothering you, don't ask Facebook. Don't ask Instagram. Just go to the doctor. Just go to the damn doctor. I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that I don't have a problem with. The person who doesn't want me to ever go to the doctor is it's my your husband. husband. Yeah. He's like, it's fine. I'm yeah. Like, but you have fine? to trust him. But also you have a mommy instinct. So, yeah. so now it's kind of separated because he's never been pregnant and right. he's never going to be a mom and he's never going to deliver these babies. Right. So like when you feel something is really needing to be checked out, you know, you can be like, sorry, hubby. Well, he's good about being like, oh, that's normal. But I'm like, it doesn't feel normal. <laughs> And then I go and then I like go to the doctor. I know. And a lot of things don't feel normal in right. pregnancy. Like they just like it all don't. feels weird and crazy. Yeah. And sciatica, do you have sciatica? No, but I have this most sore coccyx. Oh, really? I went on a flight and then I went to a baseball game. Oh, and like I right. I bruised my butt bone basically oh, at like 24 yeah. weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that never, too. I never get it back. And my husband says it lasts for like six weeks afterwards sometimes. Ooh, just because there's so much pressure well, on so it. so much pressure on it now. And I still have like another six yeah. weeks to go. So by the time. Can you like sit? Sometimes if I sit. You should like okay. sit on a donut. <laughs> I do. I do. And sometimes when I sit, it's okay. But it's when I sit for a long time, then I get up walking is sore. Yeah. But I haven't had, I've had a pretty good pregnancy, yeah. I feel like, compared to some of the stories that I've heard. Yeah. But it doesn't make it any better. It's still, I'm still hard. Super uncomfortable, but I haven't had like complications, which I'm super. Oh my God. Yeah. For. I didn't so either. I had, I had great pregnancies. I was literally in pain 24 seven with my back and neck. What? Mm. Cause I just have a bad neck and back, but I had great pregnancy both times. Right. Cause I'm not thinking about the neck and back thing. I'm just lucky that there were no complications. So to me, right. it was two great pregnancies. Right. Exactly. Like I'm uncomfortable and I probably hopefully don't ever have to do this again. Yeah. But. Yeah, I can't really complain. Like it's been good so far. Yeah. Now, can you imagine if you had twins again? Okay, I have a girlfriend who is an identical girl twin. Her older sisters identical girl twins. One boy in between. Oh my god! Yeah, imagine having identical girl twins, having a boy, and then thinking you're just having one, one more, more baby, and then you get another set of identical girl twins. So what is it like? Is there like something so that? Okay, so it's hereditary to have fraternal twins. That yes, means that it's like you're 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 passed down the genes yes. to be more likely to release two eggs. 
But identical twins is the propensity for, or identical twins is one egg splits. separate. Yeah. So they think that there might possibly be something that it's not hereditary, but you it's might like ha- in your- you might just have a, the propensity to yes. split an egg, oh but it God. doesn't mean that you'll pass it down. Exactly, but your body just splits yeah. eggs. So like, oh, I don't ever want to get pregnant again because I don't want to do this again. That's oh my God, better. you're going to have four, yeah, you're four and two. Oh my God, no thank you. Oh my God, my grandma, like I said, is a twin. She was always like, please, just one more make a twins. One more make a twins. I'm like, uh, no. Like, no, thank you. I actually yeah. kind of always wanted twins too. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Well, I mean, it's like some of this I'm excited about because they're always going to have a friend. Always. And you're getting it done. Yeah. And like yeah. when they're like eight or nine, I can like send them both to walk to the store and I don't have to feel worried about like, and they get to be independent, but yes. get to be together, yeah. which I think is really great. Because when I was eight or nine, I was allowed to walk to the store with a friend. But nowadays, like, kids, yeah, I'm like, you're not going to send them to walk alone. Yeah. I will. I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring back old school. Okay. Parenting. Bring it. I hope that's, okay, my, good. that's my parenting goal. Maybe when they're like 10 or 11. Sure. Whatever. Okay. I mean, but just like that yeah. they could. Yes. Like that they could yeah. go if we went to like a baseball game and they wanted to get a pretzel. Yeah. Just say, here's you know, $20 that's yes. what pretzel costs. Yeah. And you guys can go. Yeah, of course. You know, or of like course. I can send them into the boys' bathroom together and I don't have to go and I know there's like, so many positives to like having twins. And I think like once, I think the first year is supposed to be just hell on earth. And then I think after that, there are things that are like, I never have to potty train two different times. Right. Like right. you had to do that. I know. You had like, once I'm done breastfeeding, like yeah. I'm done. Oh my God. Like I don't have to do it again. That's awesome. So there's a lot of things that I'm like, this is going to be great yeah. when I get there. Yeah. But this first part, this pregnancy it's gonna... into the first year, I'm just like. Yeah. The first year is crazy. I think the first year is crazy no matter what. Guess what? You get over it. Like yeah. you get past it. Yeah. You go through it. You get through it. Yeah. Okay. We are going to transition slightly to books. Okay. So one of the things we do, I actually have been saving this question for you. So we oh my God. we do a thing on the stacks called Ask the Stacks where someone writes in for a book recommendation. Okay. And I got this message like a while ago okay. knowing that I was going to have a mommy on the show. I okay. saved it. Okay. So this – and so her name's Kate and she's asking us for a book recommendation. So she says – I'm a newish mom and I want to be reading, but I feel like I never have time anymore. What can I do to make reading a part of my life again? And what book should I start with? I used to like all sorts of books, but most things leave me feeling pretty unenthusiastic these days. Please help. So it's kind of two questions. Okay. One is like, how can I get back into reading? And one is like, what book should I read? Yeah. So I'll start. You can think. Okay. Here's what I think, Kate. I'm not a mom yet, but this is the advice that I've heard from other people who I know who have had babies and have like in their first year. Audiobooks are super helpful. Mm-hmm. You can listen to them. If you are breastfeeding, you can listen to them while you're breastfeeding. You can listen to them while you're pumping. Yeah. If you want to, because some people I know like to be like very quiet during breastfeeding mm-hmm. and just spend time with their kid. But if you're pumping at work, if you're at home, yeah. whatever, audiobooks are huge. It's the same as reading. You're just listening. Um, books that are heavy in plot. So YA I hear is really great Mm -hmm. if you're trying to get back into reading something that pertains to you. So something that is like deeply in your interest. And that might be a parenting book right now because that's something that you're in, in the moment. The other things that I will just add is essays or short story collections because you can do one 10 page little thing at a time and put it down and feel like you've gotten a complete story without having to feel like, I can't get 200 pages, but it's like 15 pages or 30 pages or 10 pages. So with that being said, here are my two pieces of advice. Both of these books I listened to on audiobook. One is Born a Crime by Trevor Noah. 
It's so good. He narrates it. He's so fun. He's just like the most lovable person on the face of the earth. He's so cute. Oh my God. So cute. I love Trevor Noah. (laughs) I'm secretly hoping, I'm manifesting my children to look like Trevor Noah. Oh my God. (laughs) Noah. Cutest name. My nephew's name is Noah, but I do love that name. Okay. Um, but so so Trevor Noah's book, Born a Crime. And then the other book is called Small Animals, and it's by Kim Brooks, and it's all about parenting. And what happened in her story is that she left her three-year-old in the car for like five minutes while she ran into the store to grab something. Someone called the police. It ended up being this whole ordeal. And fiction or non nonfiction. Okay. She's a journalist. So she basically went and started researching what the fuck is this whole thing about calling the police on people? What is this idea of like neglectful parenting? Is it real? Right. Cause Are, clearly she's not a neglectful. Exactly. Yeah. She, she said she could see the kid in the car. She actually yeah. was a guest. Um, we did a little mini episode with her, which I'll link really? to in the okay. show notes. It's great. But I, I read the book before I was pregnant. Like, yeah. And I thought it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But one of the things she talks a lot about is parental anxiety. And I just feel like if you're a new mom, there's probably a lot of things going on in your mind. Mm-hmm. And this might be a book that really is easy for you to grasp onto mm-hmm. because it's so much about being a parent and the mommy wars and yeah. the ways we try to be perfect and the ways we try to do things. And is that really helpful? And yeah. I think in the book she talks about, excuse me, how where you're more, you're no more, you're actually less likely for your kid to be abducted in 2018 than you were in 1980, than you were in 1950. Like that, that, that that fear of like child abduction is actually gotten less and less. Wow. Interesting. Like stranger danger. Uh Not, not if your kid is taken by like a disgruntled spouse or family member, but just like a stranger. A true stranger. Yeah. And so that would, those would be my recommendations to you. Do you have any advice on this? I mean, I was telling you this before. I, before coming on this podcast, I mean, I hadn't read a book and I'm being completely honest. I'm, so here's the thing. I'm not a big reader. I'm, I'm not proud of that, but I'm not a big reader. And after, before coming on the show, I hadn't read a book in a really long time. I have started, I started the Michelle Obama book. I started so many books. I started eating animals. I was doing another Jonathan Safford Four book and I, I just like, I never finish. Um, I'm just thinking of the ones that are on my nightstand. I never finish them. I feel like I never have time. But I'm so thankful that you made me read a book for this episode because it made me, first of all, it made me know that that's bullshit. I do have time to read a book. <laughs> um, but I, you know, that's, I agree with you. I, listen, listen to books on tape. My husband does it every single morning. Um, he has a far drive to work and that's what he does. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, your advice is, is amazing. That's what I would say. I'm sure I would change the advice. I'm sure in six months I'll change the advice once I have kids. I'll be like, okay, Kate, I lied to you. Don't do any yeah. of that. But- no, no. Your advice is spot on. And also, so when I was pregnant, I actually chose to not read a lot of pregnancy mommy books. pregnancy books yeah. just because I have a bit of anxiety. Right. I just wanted to not know and kind of like have a surprise. Like when I'm giving birth or whatever happens, like you know, this is it. Like, this is my story. I don't want to hear about other people's stories. Right. But I will say that the book that we had to read for this episode. We did Crib Sheet by uh, Emily Oster. And it, I feel like I could be best friends with her. I feel like it was so easy to read. I mean, I don't even know if we should start We're talking about this. all of this. Okay. But anyway, it, it just, I wish I read that book when I was pregnant. Yeah. That's all totally. I have to say. 
Okay. Okay. Now we're, we are going to talk a little bit about your book. So I'm going to make you go back slightly into times in your life when you read, but we're also going to talk about (laughs) reading to your kids. Okay. And we're just going to do a few of the questions from the stacks questions, but we always, always, always do two books that you love and one book that you hate. And those can be books that you've loved reading to your kids, or those can be books that you loved when you were in high school or whenever you did read. Okay. And then books that you hate should be easy since you don't read that much. You probably put down a million books. Oh my God. I really, okay. This is, I actually was like, I, cannot remember it books, but I mean, where the sidewalk ends Amazing. always. It's, yes. It's, I read it every single night to my child. Um, Do they have a favorite? Nope. Poem? No, he's, four, no, he's four. So he like, we're, we're still reading every single one oh, of them. Okay. Um, but my all time favorite book to read my child is The Giving Tree. Ugh. By Shel Silverstein again. I do, and I did when I was little too. I did too. I still have a copy from childhood of where the sidewalk is. So do we. I mean, I bought someone bought him a new one, so because like I don't want to ruin my old one. This is mine. Yeah, Um, (laughs) but actually brought it. I just first of all, I cry every single time I read it. But I remember when I was little, um, reading that book in elementary school, and just thinking like, "Wow, this is beautiful." Yeah. And I, I and it's still the same feeling. Yeah, it's so good. It's I actually so good. I recently was reading, I think it was a tweet thread. Yeah. Someone was talking about the giving tree and they were saying that they had someone had I God, I wish I could remember. Someone had read it and yeah. someone had responded to them and said, like a mentor in their life had said, Never, don't ever be, don't ever let that happen to you. And the person was like, What is what do you mean? And they said, you know, one of the big lessons of the book is also don't just give all of yourself at all times mm. to anyone else. Like you yeah. also have to save some of your own yes. tree. And I think that that's a really mm. interesting thing from a, the adult perspective. Yeah. Like I think for the kid perspective, yes. the giving is super important. But yes. then realizing, especially for you women, can, yeah. that you also need to protect so your own resources. And yeah. I, thought that oh, I like really that. When I read it tonight, I'll think about that. Yeah. I think, yeah, I thought it was just like an interesting twist because that, that lesson is also in that book, mm-hmm. but it's not the lesson that I think we focus on because yeah. it's like about the giving tree. Yes. So yes. I thought that was really interesting. So funny. I was just thinking like, I was like, oh my God, I do remember one of my favorite books when I was little, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Mm. Do you, did you read that? I never read Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, but I know the musical. Oh my! Oh, I don't know the musical. <laughs> Julie Andrews. Oh, I didn't even know there was a musical. Yeah, I love that book. I yeah. loved it so much. Um, it's like so the funny. Car, right? Yeah, yeah. I just remembered. This might be like one of the last books I read. I just realized. Oh my god! I don't even remember what it's called. Who wrote it? It was like "Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man." Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey. I read that too. It's a really good book. I read it. A friend of mine gave oh it to me when god. I was living in New York. I was having like dating yeah. issues, and he was like, "Read this." I think. Did I read it when I was with Neil? No, I read it right before I met Neil. Oh my gosh. When did you guys meet? Like 2009 or 12, something? So 12. In 2012, okay. I think. Um, and I remember loving that book. I liked it. When I think about <laughs> it really- now, I'm like, I wonder if this holds any water I know, now. It's probably I know. like that book could not be written oh, in 2019. No, but like I also, I loved the way it was written. Like yeah. I I just. I mean, Steve Harvey's like he's pretty hilarious. funny and like, yeah, yes. it's pretty light. Um, but it's like the cookie, right? It's like, save yeah. your cookie. Yes. Don't give up your cookie. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm just like, oh my God, was that the last book I read? I, I read most of Michelle Obama's book. Um, but you read articles and stuff. Yes, I See, read. Yes, yes I people, just... I think that people think that like reading 
books is the only kind of reading that is valuable. And that's not true to me at all. Really? I read a ton of articles. I read articles articles. all the time. Yeah. So much where like I go cross-eyed. Like I'm constantly on my phone reading New York Times. And that's like super valuable reading. I think that books are long. It's a lot. It's a big commitment. Yeah. Reading articles, you're still reading. You're still flexing the same muscle. You're still learning. True. It's basically just nonfiction. Right. It's like reading reading articles or reading the newspaper is just basically a nonfiction book. I don't... Today's yeah. Event. I read articles a lot, especially for the podcast, but, right. but you know, but it did make me feel, I can't like you read books all the time, but reading this book like made me feel like I accomplished something that I've wanted to do. <laughs> like I've wanted to read, sit down and read a book for a long time. So thanks. Yay, I'm yeah. So it glad. Was, yeah. Okay. You have to tell us a book that you hate. Um, I honestly, do you remember anything from high school that you read that you hated or no. middle school or anything? No. no, I don't remember anything that I, I only like things that I loved in high school. And really? Yeah. That's so funny. I feel like everyone always has something that's like, oh, my teacher made, made me read. Um, no, yeah, no, <laughs> no. You guys, I don't, I don't, I don't remember my last name half the time. Like I cannot remember books that I hated. Okay. I want to know what people are writing the articles that you like. Like if you can think of any not specifically. But you'll do I New just, York Times mostly? Not mostly. Oh. No. I actually get most of my articles when I if I go on social media or actually like the random times I go on Facebook, a lot of my friends, you know, post articles and I'll just click on it and read. Mostly um, mommy articles or No, not mostly mommy articles. You know, it could be political sometimes, but I'm not a big political person. But a lot of them are mommy, a lot of them are about the world, about our environment. Right. I, I don't pick and choose. I really don't only read mommy articles. Um, I don't watch the news ever. I have no time for TV. So reading articles keeps me in the loop. Um, I just downloaded the New York Times um, app to my phone. So it's not only NYT. It's just really like when I'm on scrolling on Instagram and Facebook is whatever is up. whatever comes up. Yeah. If I find it interesting, I'll quickly read it. And that's where I get all my info. That's where I get my news. Um, I, think most I go, I go on, I do daily go on CNN.com and I'm just like, okay, keeping myself up to date with something. So right. I don't sound really stupid. If there's a hurricane somewhere, I'm like, huh? Well, yeah. there's so much going on in the world right now that yeah. it's almost like can be exhausting. Yeah. To try to like keep up. So it's good to like have a one place to go to like get. Yeah. Movie. I guess CNN is like my one place and, and I'll read a lot of articles on there. Yeah. So I guess that's my, that's, that's my go-to. I go to Twitter to really? get all I, of my news. It, that, I mean, my but husband does thing. too. It's, it's the same. Yeah. It's just, I follow people that I like and I trust and yeah. then they share articles and I click on whatever they're sharing. So sometimes it's Washington Post. Sometimes it's something from the New York Times. Yeah. Cut, like, I do like a lot of articles on Huffington Post. Yeah. It just, it just all depends. Yeah. Um, okay. I want to, before we get out of here, I want to talk about the books that your kids love. Um, okay. So like I said, I mean, oh, so, so Shel Silverstein, like an obvious must. Um, one author that I am obsessed with for children is Sandra Boynton or Sandra. I don't know. B-O-Y-N-T-O-N. Okay. Memorized every single one of her books. They're little board books, but they're so good. Um, so she's just one author. I mean, every single one of her books are incredible. Okay. The going to bed book is the best. Okay. Um, you'll get that. I'm sure I'll get it for you. Um, but Llama Llama Red Pajama. Oh, yeah, of course. Great. Have you ever seen book. the guys from Migos do? No. Okay, you know that rap group? Migos? Yeah. They were on some interview and oh I'll link to it in the show notes, but they sing the song. No it's like, way. Llama Llama Red Pajama. Oh Llama, my God. Llama. That's it's like so, so funny. funny. I love it. They did it. I don't know. 
maybe it was the Daily Show. I can't remember what it was where I saw it, but my husband and I still like are obsessed with La Malama Red Pajama. Yeah. And when we see it's it, so it's so cute that you like store, know it. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. I've never opened it. I just know the title. You can open it now. I brought it. <laughs> um, okay. Another amazing book that we just got is Big Words for Little People, Jamie okay. Lee Curtis. Okay. You know, she's an author. Did I you didn't know, that, know that. that? Yeah. She writes a lot of books. Oh my gosh. Okay. So that book is amazing. It just teaches you big words for little people. Um, it's really cute to hear the little guys. Like, like say and, them. Yeah. They're like, oh my goodness. Like, <laughs> that's a big word. What does that mean? Um, but. Dolly Parton writes a lot of books. I've heard about this just recently. Me too. I watched this Reese Witherspoon document. Or no, she has a she have a Netflix show, something on some sort of network. Um, and she interviewed Dolly. I didn't know she was so into literature, and she provides books. I think in Tennessee yeah. for free books, so people can read. And yeah, um, very cool. Yeah, I feel like maybe the reason I just heard about it is because this whatever. And she. And in Crip Sheet, they, she mentions she it. She mentions Dolly yes. Parton's books. Maybe that's where yes, I heard it. Yes, that's like, probably where you heard it. I heard it a few days before that on in an interview with Reese Witherspoon so and Dolly. Funny. Yeah. Okay. So let me – because there's like only 100 million children's books. Yeah. How do you pick which ones you bring into your house? Um, A lot of them are gifts. So um, that's that. <laughs> um, yeah. By the way, gift, books are the best gifts hands down. If you don't know what to get a newborn baby, get a gift. You don't have to get clothes all the time. Gifts are the best books for kids. No, books are the best gifts for kids. <laughs> yes, they are because I'm fucking tired. Um, yes, books are the best gifts. I, I, I don't know. I, I, when we go to Barnes and Noble, I mean, I'll read really quickly through it to make sure it's not stupid. Right. I want, I want there to be a lesson in the book. Um, I, you know, there are so many authors out there. I, as long as it's a good lesson, I, I, for little ones, like I really like easy, big shapes. Like you just have to really, there are bad children's books right. and by bad meaning like kind of boring for even the parents. I just quickly read and glance through it if I'm going to, you know, Barnes and Noble and right. I'll buy it if I love it. And you read to your kids every night. Okay. So I read to my kids every single night. This was something that my mom told me I should do pediatrician. Um, I take it very seriously. Um, I think books are the most important thing for kids. It, talking is great to them. Narrating everything that you're doing. My mom told me that. She goes, you have to narrate everything you do from the second the baby's born. Say, I'm changing your diaper. Now I'm going to take off your <laughs> pants because that's how they're understanding right. what you're doing. Um, I truly believe in that, but the same with books. Um, I think, you know, you'll get a routine going from day one, read to your kids. I mean, and I'm not saying you, I'm saying whoever's listening, it is, I think the most important part of a routine in a baby and child's life. Right. Um, it helps their vocabulary. I know a lot of parents who just don't read books to their kids and I find it wild. Yeah. And here I am saying I never read books, you know, as an adult, but I really like this, like there is no, no, but you do read because you read to your kids. Of course. Of course. Yeah, of course. But, but I, we take it very seriously in our house. So um, that. you have to, it's where they learn everything. Yeah. I'm not our, saying, I'm not saying that they're not going to learn if they don't read books, but they will learn so much more. Right. Right. Of course. And it's also interesting. My son, and it's supposed to be the opposite. Girls are supposed to speak a little bit more than boys. Um, my son was a very, very, very early talker. Sentences, like by the time he was two, like just like communicating everything. 
my daughter, not so much. And I, yeah. you know, and I'm like, is it because I had more time to read to him and whatever it is, you know, she's has so many words and she's going to be fine. Right. But you know, I really do think I'm like, maybe it's because I read it so much to my son. Right. And I still read to my daughter, but not nearly as much right. because I, I don't have as much time, right. obviously. A son and a um, but yeah, reading to them is just everything. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Last question. I'm going to slightly change this one for you. Okay. We always do this one, so we have to do it. But okay. if you could rec- require the president of the United States to read one <laughs> children's book. Oh my God. <laughs> so pick your best lesson. What would it be? I don't like our president, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> not alone. <laughs> yeah. So really, any book with a good uh, message. Um, I would say the Giving Tree. I, I thought you might say that. I'm not kidding. Like, just I'm not like I would pick that even if we never talked about it today. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. a good one. It's a really good one, but uh, yeah. There's many lessons he could learn. I mean, I don't know. Like, can I like talk shit about the president on here? Um, That's all this question ends up being. The funny thing is that this question came from the New York Times and they used to do it with Obama. Yeah. And I think they did it even before. I don't know when this started, but they've, they've always done it. And it used to be like really like different, diverse group of books. And now it's all just people being like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I I don't even, I don't even know like anything with a good message with like a good heart. Like, I, I don't know. He's. He has so much learning to do. Um, there should be a book about when not to speak. I'm sure there is. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, he can he can learn he can learn a lot. Yeah. Um, he doesn't know anything right now. Right. Basically, there's a, there's a lot of room to grow. Yeah, and a lot of room lot to of grow. Room. Okay, so next week Jenna's back. We're talking about Crib Sheet by Emily Oster. Um, it's a data driven guide to better, more relaxed parenting from birth to preschool. If you haven't read the book yet, it's nonfiction. We won't be spoiling really, but we are going to talk about the book in depth. If you are a new parent or a new-ish parent even, I think that there's a lot of value in this book. So I definitely recommend checking it out. Jenna, you can find her. I'll put all her social media in the show notes. And then of course, the podcast Mama Said. Jenna, thank you for being here. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. And we will see you guys in the sacks. Thank you guys so much for listening today. And thank you again to Jenna for being our guest. You can catch Jenna on the Mama Said podcast. And Jenna will be back next week to discuss Crib Sheet by Emily Oster. There will be no spoilers next week. So you can listen even if you've not read the book. You can find everything we discussed on today's episode in the link in the show notes. Make sure to get your book recommendation read on air by sending us an email at askingthestacks at gmail.com. For more from The Stacks, please follow us on social media at The Stacks Pod on Instagram and at The Stacks Pod underscore on Twitter and check out our website, thestackspodcast.com. To join The Stacks Pack and get inside access to this show, head to patreon.com slash the stacks. Make sure you are subscribed to this show wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening through Apple Podcasts, please take a moment to rate and review the show. Our graphic designer is Robin McCrite, and our theme music is from Tagiragis. This show was created and produced by me, Tracy Thomas.